This is episode 55 of Kicker and the Waterboy, a sports podcast not funded by the Saudis. Here we go. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 55. Thank you very much for taking the time to tune in, and we hope you all are doing well. Mm-hmm. A very happy June to you. I think this is our first June episode. Hopefully you're staying decently cool. I mean, <laughs> staying cool in June is not a very uh, easy task, at least where we live, so... Hope that wherever you're listening, things are going well. Absolutely. Speaking of heating up, the NBA playoffs are in full swing, and we have our playoff review slash finals update for you. Um, And in the NBA playoffs, it's represented by two separate yet equally important groups, the two teams that made the finals, and then, of course, the 14 teams that don't. These are their stories. Yep, one with the uh, law and order intro. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so starting off with the first round exit, eight seed Atlanta Hawks. After last year's run to the conference finals, big things were expected out of the Hawks this year. Those big things did not come to fruition. Trey Young was good enough to take a game from Miami, but the Hawks had no business challenging the Heat. All you can ask is that they're healthier next time. Let's move on to the Brooklyn Nets, and man, what a failure. and the funniest thing is the entire league was rooting against you rumors are the Nets are disbanded with a Kyrie extension unlikely and KD going silent with the front office (laughs) might be best to just fold the team Brooklyn might be the biggest joke in New York and remember the Jets and Giants also play in this city (laughs) (laughs) oh man I mean I might have uh, exaggerated a bit there but Whatever the case, it was not a fun end to the season in uh, in the Brooklyn borough. Uh, sixth seed in the East was the Chicago Bulls. Things are getting better in the Windy City. Unfortunately, better isn't good enough to avoid a five-game series loss to Milwaukee. Again, much like the Hawks, maybe if everyone's healthy next year, you have a chance. I'm a little hesitant, though. Like, I think Zach Levine will walk in free agency, and I'm not sure that DeRozan is on the level of a star to build a team around. So I don't know if uh, working like that will bring the Bulls to the level that they want to be. Yeah, you bring up really good points. I mean, obviously I'd love to see the Bulls do really well. (laughs) Oh, yeah, certainly. You have a vested interest. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I call myself a fan, but... I watched them more this year than in years past. And I just, I don't know. Next season, I don't see them beating the Heat or the Celtics Mm -hmm. or probably even the Sixers. Um, Because, yeah, I don't know. I'm not quite sure you can build a team around DeRozan. Um, Alex Crusoe can only do so much. And. I don't know, like, must they get Kyrie Irving? I mean, it could happen. (laughs) What is the status of uh, Chicago's vaccine mandate? Actually, that's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) I I think it's funnier to ask that before bringing in, like, any star player now. (laughs) (laughs) Man, how our world has changed. Yeah. But as we move on to the 5C in the East, Toronto Raptors... You had us believe that you would be the first team to come back from down 3-0. Really, that's more of an indictment on the Sixers than a compliment to the Raptors. But we're still optimistic about this team's future. 
keep the current core and hope Scotty Barnes develops well. Agreed. Moving to the West first round exits, it's the New Orleans Pelicans who fell as the eighth seed. And I'm cautiously optimistic about the Pelicans. So they were able to expose the cracks in the Suns. Uh, Brandon Ingram, he was a difference maker in the series. CJ McCollum, that was a big get during the season or before the season. And uh, their two rookies, Herbert Jones and Jose Alvarado, they, they played outstanding. I mean, the yes. West is going to be loaded, obviously, so they're going to need some work. But I think they're at the level where playoffs should be the expectation now. And uh, I actually have an interesting idea for their future. I think they should trade Zion, which is weird considering his potential upside. But I think teams are going to buy on that upside and uh, on the hope that he's going to be good and from that you're going to get a good return they don't have a super high salary cap so they can bring in some more established stars and pieces and they did this whole thing they took the Suns to six games without Zion for the whole year so we'll see actually I agree with that I think Trey and Zion's not such a terrible idea um I think the thinking around the league now is they can come back healthy. And so it's like, okay, well, if executives around the league are thinking highly of Zion, then just trade him now. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas I think if he plays again, he gets injured again, then it's like, oh. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I don't think any team, I think teams would be a lot less willing to do that than if they just trade him now. Like mm-hmm. you say, got a lot of good pieces. And yeah. Certainly. Yeah, I mean, this might be the highest his stock has been since the NBA draft. So sell high, buy low is the uh, the stock strategy. Let's move to the West now. The seventh seed, Minnesota Timberwolves. Remember how hyped they got when they won the playing game? <laughs> Dude, I forgot that. <laughs> that was awesome. Then there was the, uh, like, they, pl- they caught uh, We Are the Champions over their celebration and stuff. That was such a funny video. I'm sorry, keep going. (laughs) As we all expected, that was as far as they got. As a Wolves fan, you should feel great considering the series won six games. But we're more skeptical. The Wolves had a chance to win all the games. They had large leads and several losses. Carnathan Towns made some stupid decisions. Coach Chris uh, Finch made a number of mistakes. This is a series they should have won. I don't think they'll get far with... Carlisle Towns and the Finch. Yep, I'm uh, I'm inclined to agree with you. Uh, moving on to the sixth seed, the Denver Nuggets. They have to be one of the more frustrating cases in the NBA, at least in my opinion, because they have the back-to-back MVP on their team, and they have no shot of getting anywhere near the conference finals, at least in my opinion. They're going to get Jamal Murray back next season, and he's a big piece, but I don't think that he makes them too much better Denver they're they're going to be in that weird position of not being good enough to contend for the ultimate goal of the finals but not having a clear path to getting better aside from you know like adding LeBron or Kevin Durant or someone huge like that which they aren't financially able to do and I I feel like they're stuck yeah yeah I I 100% agree I move into the fifth seed in the West, the Utah Jazz. Utah finds themselves in a situation a lot like the Rocky Mountain neighbors. Good, but not good enough. 
They also are going to have to send either Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert away after, quote, irreconcilable differences between the two. Although I like Mitchell better as a player and a franchise cornerstone, I feel that centers as good as Gobert don't grow on trees, even though they're taller than many trees. <laughs> <laughs> it would take a blockbuster return to make this team an instant contender. Mm-hmm. Which uh, which one would you keep if you were the Utah Jazz? Oh, I forgot they uh, they fired their or no their coach resigned by the way. I forgot about that. That's recent. I tend to think if you find a good big, you should keep him. I feel you can find a lot of pretty solid guards, but not a whole lot of solid bigs. Mm-hmm. So I think they'll ship out Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, or at least that's what I would do. I agree with that. Even though, like, I love them both as players and stuff, mm-hmm. but and I actually like Mitchell more as a player. Like, but yeah, but I agree with you. Yeah. All right. So second round exits. We're just gonna breeze through these because we sort of touched on them last episode. Seventy uh, Sixers. They were the fourth seed. Uh, we talked about it last time, but it's worth repeating that every time there was a decision to be made that could complete the process and bring them to the finals. Sixers chose the wrong option, and uh, Embiid is good. Embiid, like MVP candidate, certainly. Yep. But I don't think that James Harden is built for playoff success. I could be wrong on that, but so far the evidence is backing me up. Mm-hmm. Three C in the East, Milwaukee Bucks. This is just kind of whatever we touched on this last episode. You know, they won last year. Um, so it really would have to be like a devastating season to actually end the year disappointed. Taking the Celtics to seven games without Chris Middleton's not bad, and heck, they still have the Larry O'Brien trophies for a few more days. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Uh, Grizzlies, they are in the West. They fell in the second round to the Warriors. And uh, again, last week we talked about it, but I- I'm feeling great if I'm a Grizzlies fan. Like, I feel the best about their future prospects more than any other team in the NBA, which includes, you know, the two teams that are playing this week. But, uh, I mean, I love John Moran. I love that they ha- don't have to pay anyone a ton of money on their whole uh, on their whole roster. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they took a game from Golden State without John Moran. So I think they can be the best team in the West. They might be the uh, successors to Golden State. Wow, I like it. I like it. I also tend to agree with all your thoughts here as well. I think Memphis has a bright future. Low payroll helps. John Morant's is starting to make it, and I say face the league mm-hmm. pretty soon. And yeah, I probably just jinxed them. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah, sorry. And then the first seed in the West, the Phoenix Suns. I thought that after last year's trip to the finals, this might be Phoenix's time. Sure, maybe they have some trouble with the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals, but I was under the impression that the title was kind of theirs to lose. And lose they did. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like the the killer instinct eye of the tiger, so to speak. They let a young Pelicans team get under their skin and couldn't close out Dallas for good. The result... Scoring 27 points in the first half of Game 7. <laughs> I remember that was bad. Uh, the sad thing is this might be the end of Phoenix's championship window. DeAndre Ayton's extension talks have stalled out, so he's now a restricted free agent. 
I loved how we got the Pat Bev rant as we tried doing all this series, though. <laughs> Pat Bev on first take is, dude, he's had some hot takes. <laughs> mm, yeah, I, I would love to see him, like, just come on after games and stuff, like, onto a first take style show where he doesn't hold anything <laughs> back. <laughs> he called Chris Paul a traffic cone. <laughs> <laughs> I know, so he couldn't play defense, man. Oh, oh boy. Uh, yeah, no, this is... Uh, it's disappointing if you're the Suns, and uh, but hey, at least you have your, uh, you know, you're not playing in a college hockey arena next year, so good for them. Oh gosh, yeah, and your star wide receiver is not suspended either. I think that was a new development since last oh, time no. <laughs> we talked about. Yeah, Hopkins is suspended, dude. Yeah. I don't know if we talked about. Yeah, golly, Arizona sports is just not in a good spot. Mm-hmm. Yep, the Grand Canyon of professional sports. Truly in the canyon. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Uh, Let's move on now yeah. to uh, the losers of the conference finals. Mm-hmm. Um, in the East, number one seed was the Miami Heat. And Jimmy Butler is the Miami Heat. He's a top 10 player in the league and a top five player in the playoffs. The problem is his supporting cast was as consistent as cottage cheese. <laughs> that showed during the Boston series. One night was a heat blowout. Next was Boston dominating. Consistency around Butler is how Miami takes the next step to get back to the finals. Not a bad year, though. And I will add, it did hurt that Tyler Hero was out. Oh, yeah, certainly. But, uh, but yeah, Jimmy Butler put the team on his back and yep. did a good job. Had a chance to win it near the end. It didn't fall. Uh, not bad, though. Not a bad season. And yeah. uh, last team that is in that uh, 14 teams that didn't, it's the Mavs. Uh, Luca wins a playoff series finally, and actually he wins two of them, two for the price of one. And uh, then he gets smacked around by the Warriors, which is sort of a uh, rite of passage in the Western Conference, really. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I was impressed with him, but also with the Dallas court. They performed really well into the playoffs. Uh, Reggie Bullock, Jalen Brunson, a couple more players like were really impactful. I think to take the next step, though, they're going to need to find another star to go with Luka. Porzingis wasn't it, but uh, but yeah. So a good year for Dallas, but doesn't end with the ultimate prize. And all this brings us to the NBA Finals. Boston Celtics versus Golden State Warriors. We're four games in at the time of recording with the series tied 2-all. What has your initial reaction been to this series so far? So, you know, if you listen to our show, we make a lot of predictions, and a lot of them are wrong. But this might be the first time that we make a prediction, and it's wrong before I actually get a chance to say the prediction. So, I predicted Warriors in five. I thought they were going to run all over the Celtics. They did not. The Celtics have, like, lived up to the task. The series is guaranteed to go six games. This is going to be a great series, and it really has been so far. It's, um, like two different styles of offense and it's a uh, it's fun to watch them go up against each other yeah yeah going in i i predicted it'd be warriors and seven um i'm gonna stick with that so i don't guess it's just been as exciting as i thought it would be mm-hmm. um maybe even a little more so um i just hope the last at least two games are, are just as good mm-hmm. that would be the dream so uh the Celtics, let's talk about them. They won game one and game three. 
uh, how have they been able to, you know, keep pace and actually take the lead on Golden State a couple of times? I think it just helps that they're bigger and more physical than Golden State. They really rebound well. Um, Robert Williams is a beast on the boards. Then they just attack the basket, too. They're not just settling for the outside shot. They're bigger and more physical, and they know it, and they attack the rim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with that. They created so many second chance points with their uh, their rebounding. The Williamses, uh, Robert and Grant, doing great work inside. Um, let's see. Al Horford had a monster game once. Uh, that's that's great for them, especially yeah. when like you know the role players or well, he's he's more of a more than a role player, I guess. But when the non-star players have excellent games. That's a key to success against Golden State. But yeah, I agree. Their physicality, their size, that's uh, that's what's driven them to victory, at least so far. All good points. And last night, game four, it took a legendary effort from Steph Curry, uh, 43 points, to tie the series up. How did the Warriors win what's now a best-of-three series? Hmm. So... Curry put the team on his back last night. That was a lot of fun to watch. I mean, I really like Steph Curry, so it was cool to see him. And, like, what I've just noticed throughout the series is, like, some of the players you know and they know when their shot is going to go in, like, before it's even done. Like, sometimes Curry starts backing away. Sometimes, uh, gosh, what's his name? Derek White. He'll just, like, stare down the shot as it falls. uh, it's, uh, It's pretty cool, but... But anyway, I think for the Warriors to win, uh, they need a second person to, you know, have a good game every night. Last night, it was Andrew Wiggins, who had a career high in rebounds, which is great against a Celtics team that we just established is bigger than them. So so it doesn't always have to be like the same person or it doesn't even always have to be Steph Curry. But I think if two players on the Warriors have elite nights, it's going to be hard for them to lose. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I hadn't thought of that. Um, Clay Thompson needs to step up a little bit more. He struggled a little bit these finals. Uh, late, I think late in game, he kind of got a groove going. But earlier on in game four, even earlier in the series, he was definitely struggling a lot. And uh, I think if he's up, the Warriors should, should win this series in the next two games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you have an X factor for the final two slash three games? Oh man. Yeah, probably Clay Thompson. Yeah. No. Nah, yeah, I'd say that. He's a good one. Um, I'm gonna go with Jalen Brown for the uh, for the Celtics yeah. as their. See, uh, see, their point guard or shooting guard. One, one of the guards, I suppose. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we established that being bigger helps Boston, but if they're going to win, they're going to have to do better than Golden State at their like at their strength, which is the outside shot. I think Jalen Brown is going to be that guy who can make a couple of them. Maybe Derek White as well. Uh, but, um, but, yeah, so we've conceded. Uh, I'm just repeating myself like five times or whatever. But Boston's going to win on the glass. Golden State's going to win from the outside. And uh, if um, mm-hmm. if Boston can contend with Golden State from the outside, then they should win. 